Welcome to Blondie and the Brit, Writing, Publishing, and Beyond. You can find our show notes and more information about our podcast at blondieandbrit.com. That's B-L-O-N-D-I-E-A-N-D-B-R-I-T.com. Welcome to Blondie and the Brit podcast. I am Blondie, KJ Waters. And I'm Suzanne Cowman, I'm the Brit. And together we're Blondie and the Brit. Yay! Woohoo! I am the author of Stealing Time. And I'm the author of the Rejected Writers Book Club. Welcome to Blondie and the Brit. This week we are excited to introduce you to a friend of ours that we've had on the podcast before. We have Susan Wingate with us. She won our Podcast Hero Award last year as a real supporter of Blondie and the Brit, and we awarded her with that. And Susan Wingate is a number one Amazon best-selling and award-winning author, and her books span the genre of mystery, thriller, romantic suspense, paranormal, inspirational, Christian fiction, fantasy, memoir, and much more. Gosh, is there anything you haven't done, Susan? Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's fun to be here, and it's great to hear both of your voices. Hi, KJ. Hello. I'm so glad you're here. This is so much fun to have you back. I know. It's a ball. Thank you. So why don't you get us caught up? The last time we were we, we spoke to you, we were actually on your podcast, and you were doing a release for the last Mara Hajan, and you had just That's published it. that. And so how did that go? How did the release go? And was that a great, how did that you know whole thing go with you? It was good. You know, it's funny because you never know how a book is going to be received. And The Last Maharajan was actually a republishing of Drowning, which won in 2011 the category for drama in the Forward National Literature Award. And so I wanted to revamp it and update it and give it a new look and everything. So it's inevitably done really well. And it was slow, though. It was slow on the after the release. It was it was a little, you know, sloggy. You never know how something's going to go. But since then, it's been selling like crazy again. You know, it's that category of drama, women's fiction, and it's upmarket. It's more mainstream genre. And so, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun and fun to watch it take off, like the deer effect took off and instantly. I mean, it was like gangbusters and, you know, it, it just sold like crazy. But it was interesting to watch because not all, you know, not all genres do the same. And The Deer Effect was fantasy. It was, you know, kind of had a younger character, but the, the I should say the character became younger in the story. So the fantasy part of it really, I think, drew the crowd of, sales and it was just great you know and the readers really responded to the deer effect well they've also responded to the last maharajan well also but just a different class of reader you know people who read women's fiction you know and they that's their first choice tend to like more of a relational type or a relationship type of story which they will get in fantasy, but then it's wrapped around all of the otherworldliness of fantasy. So it was fun to watch that start moving, and yeah, it's done well. Great. Tell us just for our audience that are listening, give us a little snippet of what that story is about in case they're interested in actually going and find that on Amazon. 
Well, interestingly, and you're talking about the last Maharajan, correct? Correct, yeah. Yeah, the last Maharajan, interestingly, is, and again, I wrote that story quite a while ago, and it came out, like I said, winning awards in 2011. And like I said before, the original is Drowning. So I wrote it quite a few years ago, and it's a story about a woman whose mother is in the throes of death, and she had once lived on the same property as her daughter and her husband. And it's a story about, of course, her name is Yuli Winger, and Jeff, her husband, and then Belle is the name of the mother. And the mother is dying, and the story starts out with her with Yuli Winger and her mom together in the hospital in the in it's really a convalescent center they talk about things in the past and something comes up that doesn't ring quite true for Yuli and she questions her mother and it becomes heated and it's that sort of thing that we do in relationships when we hear something that flips on its head something we've known for our entire life and then all of a sudden at this point when her mother is dying she's basically revealing a different truth Mm -hmm. and so Yuli is flummoxed by it and takes off to where she grew up which is Phoenix and she starts searching for what the actual facts of the story that her mother is revealing to her are and she comes to an understanding about her mother there in Phoenix, but it really reveals itself by the end of the book, what happened with her mother and her father so long ago and the divorce that came when Yuli was a young woman and that came between the mother and the father, Belle and Jay, so many years before. So it's a story, you know, it's a women's fiction a story about family and lies and secrets. Ooh, it does sound good. Yeah. Now, I got a question. You said at the beginning that this book started off slow and then picked up. How do you account for that where the deer effect was kind of the opposite? It just started off right out of the bat. Well, you know, the deer effect, I'm trying to remember the timing of the deer effect from the previous story that I had published. The deer effect was fantasy and it just garnered, you know, garnered five awards between 2015 and 2016. The Deer Effect garnered five awards, which was awesome. And I think it was the timing of this fantasy that, you know, throwing a more realistic mainstream women's fiction story out on the heels of fantasy was a little, it had a teetering effect for readers. It was like, what is it? And, you know, and this is always, this is a problem. And this is something that agents prefer you to stay in one genre, in fact, I'm speaking with an agent right now, and he wants me to stay in this other genre that's really on the rise, basically. And I write to anyway. So anyway, I think it was that flipping my readers on their head who, well, obviously love the fantasy, were thrown a little bit by the genre switch. So I think that had a lot to do with it. And then it just settled into its normal, you know, like floating a little bit. And then all of a sudden it just started moving with the waves and it picked up and is doing great. Good. That's, but that's yeah. how that's how ebooks are, aren't they? I mean you can yeah. you can put something out there and if ebooks never really get old, not the way that a real physical, tangible book will, 
But yeah, so and tangible books tend to leave the bookstore shelves, you know, after, you know, six months or a year, you know, so it just ebooks are always out there. So the ebook has done extremely well. That's interesting. That's great. Yeah. I was going to ask you, so you've never considered sort of writing under a pseudonym, like a different pen name. I know sometimes that's what people do. If they're writing in a different genre, they pick a different pen name. Have you ever done that, Susan, or thought about doing that? Well, yeah, I have. And I have a pen name under, it's with another author that I write with, but, and it's closed, or I would tell you. (laughs) Secrets. She's really J.K. Rowling, you know that, right? Woo! That's exciting. pen names. This is the thing with pen names and working in a different genre is it takes the same amount of work to market and to build a presence with that pen name as it does with your other name. Assuming, of course, that that is a closed pen name and that it is something that you want to actually have separate identities for. What I'm saying there, what I mean there is that. Like, for instance, Nora Roberts writes her mysteries under J.D. Robb, and she has that on her website, which is something that you can do as well. It's just that, you know, I haven't really given it that much. You know, it's like, oh, my goodness, that's all I need is another body to, you know, (laughs) to support. And you know what I mean? It's like a clone, having a clone that needs your constant attention. I just don't... I don't want She could that. just clean the house yeah. while you write, but it's different. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you can have a client make it do something useful, you know. Yeah, they're really, really lazy and they need a lot of bodies. <laughs> You're a lazy <laughs> clone. What a nightmare. Just another <laughs> sounds, yeah. like, sounds like one of your yeah. kids, you know, like my teenager. Um, but exactly. I know what you're saying, they're though, because children. you really have to start you are building momentum through one brand and then to start fresh with another name, you've got to start from scratch again. No one knows who it is. You've got to build your brand. You've got to, you know, so what are you doing? You're social media, two different things. I don't know. I, I totally get what you're saying. It's stressing me out thinking about have like having to do a whole nother push for something totally different. We know a couple authors that have started off in one genre and then they're switching to a different pen name. And it's like they zeroed out. Everything they've accomplished is kind of gone to to complete, like they're ending one and starting another. And to me, that's really unfortunate because if you just thought through what you wanted to be and start in the genre that you really wanted to write in. So I see what you're saying and keep your your original name. You've had readers cross over. It sounds like they followed you through the fantasy and then they went through to the, the more women's fiction. So you've lost some, gained some, but the core of your readers have followed you. So I think that's an important point. Yeah. And, you know, and I wasn't, like you said, I wasn't willing to lose what I had already built because, you know, I've been doing this since, you know, publishing since really 2008. I quit my day job in 2004. So, you know, 13 years is a long time to have built up a platform. And I just wasn't willing to just say, you know, okay, I'll either abandon that platform for another genre and another pen name or I will you know just work under two pen names and you know or not or just work between genres but you know there's a certain value I think to what Nora Roberts does of course she's brilliant and you know one of the top sellers I think she's second under James Patterson I could be wrong there but I think that's what 
what she is. And, you know, you can then, if you say, okay, this is my pen name for mystery and this is my pen name for fantasy, and you can do that. But, you know, again, you're diluting the effect of your books, your any other genre, really. But, you know, is that bad or are you just gaining more readers in another genre? You know, I think that how Nora Roberts is doing it is perfect. The thing that my agent wants me to do is he wants me to focus on the upmarket women's thriller, which is a, a big market right now. Interestingly, as I started writing in women's fiction, I started writing, you know, mysteries, but amateur sleuth, women's amateur sleuth with the Bobby's Diner series. My first novel was mystery, and it was more noir, dark, gritty, with a male protagonist. It never really did anything, but it really set the tone for what my interest is, which mm. is the mystery and the thriller element. And that's what I've really been doing since I've been writing, even with a fantasy such as The Deer Effect, that women's thriller aspect is grounded in that story. So it seems to be following. And of course, my agent says, this is what you write. And this is what you will write. He says, and you're not going to do anything else. (laughs) (laughs) And don't even start it. Stop getting other ideas. (laughs) He's amazing. And it's so awesome too to have that guidance. That's what you want in your career is you want somebody to go, this is what you're going to do. And this is what you're not going to do. And he said, though, if you want to later, that's fine, but not right now. Mm. And so we want to get several of this one story out that I'm working on one particular story that he he likes. And so then it's going to be a matter of staying with this story because it does have serious qualities and just really fun. So I'm going to, and you know, it goes with what I, like I said, what I've been doing, Bobby's Diner. Even Drowning has a bit of thriller element in it and The Last Maharajan. And so, yeah, it's exciting to have this focus in my career. Cool. So do you think that, do you think the thriller, do you think that sort of was about the girl on a train that really kind of illuminated that genre? Do you think that's why that's so popular right now, Susan? Oh, it has, it has to be, doesn't it? I mean, it, it just cracked open. And also, you know, not only that, because those stories have just, like I said, cracked open that market, that genre. But then, you know, you have to think about our readers. And I think it's something like two to one women read fiction over men and women read two to one over men across genres, across nonfiction and fiction. So women are the readers, um, if you look at it, you know. So why wouldn't? a woman want a female protagonist. Of course they would. But what's really interesting is that my larger readership is men between the age of 18 and 34. That's my biggest readership. Wow. So, yeah. And again, you know, being the smart agent that he is, he wants me to, you know, capture that larger female audience you know, I have a lot of women reading, but my majority of readers is that age group. And then, interestingly, my female readers is an older group. It's like 25 to 55. So that's interesting, I think. I mean, you look at these numbers and you look at what you're doing and and it's all very interesting who mm-hmm. reads your work and who doesn't read your work. Where are you yeah. getting the stats for that? How do they gather that? 
Google Analytics. Based on your website or Amazon? How does that? It all funnels into the same thing. Yeah, in definitely through Amazon, which has its own, you know, Google algorithm, you know. But you have your Google account and you get an analytics number assigned. And then you assign your websites, whatever they are, you know, your Facebook, your Twitter, your Amazon, your website proper, your blog, all of those things to Google Analytics. And it collects all that information. Cool. That's a great tool. Yeah, that's a great tool. I didn't even know about that. Well, I think I have it on on one of my things, but I haven't linked it to all the other things. And then I like get lost and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) <laughs> it's, so it's, it's that job that you need to put your clone on i know that is exactly right let me write she can do my social media analytics and scheduling yeah they should be doing the more mundane things we can do the creative yeah. stuff my clone would go swimming somewhere that's what she would be doing so yeah. you go swimming somewhere <laughs> it's not fair you <laughs> in a hurricane, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. in a hurricane. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. swims in hurricanes. <laughs> so, I, so I have a, a question for you that's switching a little bit to competitions. You said at the beginning that Deer Effect has won four competitions. How do you, so you obviously put these in competitions, where do you find all your information for those competitions, yeah. Susan? Good question. You know, it's, and it actually won. <laughs> It won four in 2015, and then boom, at the beginning of 2016, uh, Shelf Awareness, it was just a runner-up, but I'm telling you what, Shelf Awareness is a big deal. So I was thrilled about the Shelf Awareness Award. So it won five awards, and how you find them is you just, I mean, like anything else, you can go to writersmarket.com, you can just do a, a search for literary awards, literary contest book awards, those search Words will pull up a bunch of different awards. And yeah, and there's big awards and there's smaller awards, but I think they're all, they all have a value. You know, it really helps with the marketing of your books. It's great to have on your book page, you know, yeah. that it's won XYZ awards. And plus these awards, they have their own marketing engine that once the award is, you know, you've gotten the award, then they have their own press releases. They have their own social media outlets. So it really, you know, and of course, you've got to expect that that's one of the reasons the Deer Effect went gangbusters is because of these awards. Yeah. So, and again, Drowning, which is again, you know, the last Maharajan revamped, wasn't up for that award, not that title, but Drowning did remarkably well when it came out with the award and when it came out initially. And when it won the award, it just, there were 25,000 downloads within, well, there were 22,000 downloads in one weekend and another something like three to five throughout the month. And then it just kept selling and selling and selling. So the awards really add a different layer of marketing for the author. I value awards. I think they're incredibly important to writers because I think readers put so much emphasis and importance on writing that has been awarded yeah i would say so that is a great strategy you're making me think now it's like okay add into the social media and all the analytics i now need to gather i also need to find <laughs> award. Need clone now, KJ. i need two clones one to take care of the kids and one for me my writing life and one for the social media 
So yes, but I mean, a lot of clones. Yeah. Well, the payoff is huge for this, though. I think it's a brilliant strategy just to get that many downloads, and then your name is out there, and like you said, then you have the the award attached to your writing. Yeah. And you know, things happens once you start, you know, and this happened early on, which was a very, you know, I I have to say I was really blessed early on that my work was starting to get awards early on. So because of that, I'm not trying to toot my own heart, but, and that's what it sounded like. And I'm like, ah, you know, I'm sticking <laughs> my finger down my throat. What happened was that the writers conferences and the people that do workshops around, you know, locally and, and nationally too, started contacting me without having to go out and say, Hey, do you want me to come and do a, you know, a workshop for your conference this year? They started coming to me, which was really exciting because that's another way to, you know, it, the money is awesome, but for me, it is pretty much zeroed out anytime I travel because we live on the island. So it's so expensive because of the traveling, even locally, that the money is nominal. So especially if you have to stay somewhere for a couple of nights, you know, it's boom, poof, and it's gone, you know, but you know, the marketing aspect of it, when people, you know, and you're getting, you know, 200, 300 people in any kind of setting to listen to you lecture or talk on a specific subject such as marketing, you're selling your books, you know, and people are buying your books. Plus the conferences themselves always have a bookstore. So you, you know, they get your books and then they sell them for you. And then people are also, you know, with their phones out, they're downloading your books right then and there while that you're talking to them. It's really cool. It's a great way to one, get your word out, but to meet your actual readers. And, you know, most of our readers are other writers. So it's a symbiotic relationship. It's just there. It just works, you know. So the whole thing with awards really feeds into really all other aspects, not just your, you know, the exterior market of readers, of your readers, which you grab through social media or going on book tours and meeting them out and about. But it's the other writers that show up at workshops and conferences. And a lot of those people are agents and publishers. So, you know, you're getting exposure and another level of marketing when you win those awards. Yeah, very good. Yeah, that's great. You really write a lot. Do you have a process, Susan? Do you write each day? I can't remember what you said last time in our last interview. But you all seem to be very focused. And I was wondering how you really maintain that. Well, you know, in the beginning, I wasn't, you know, you, you're, you're like a daydreamer in the beginning, you goof around and go, I'm a writer, and you don't, you're not really writing too much. But yes, I do now, you know, over the years, I've gotten a process down to where I get up in the morning, have to, you know, feed all of the animals. <laughs> I'm growing by the day. <laughs> exactly. So there's always one more. So I'm getting up <laughs> earlier or starting later, who knows, but, um, but yeah, and then as soon as I have all my morning stuff down and I get working, I mean, I jump, in fact, that's what I was doing and I almost forgot the interview and I'm sorry to say that, but I did, I was in my own little, you know how it is, your yeah. world when you're writing and you just go until you have to either pee or eat. <laughs> That's good. That's hilarious. Expert advice from Susan Wingate. Right till you gotta pee. We need to make a meme of that. (laughs) Yeah. 
that's some good words there. <laughs> so, and lastly, what's what are you working on right now? I, I was what are you what are you working? Are you writing right now? Well, I'm working on several things, but I'll keep it to the. I'm writing on two things that I'm really excited about. One is a short story, and I don't often get really excited about mm. short stories, but this one is particularly awesome. I've been going through this this certificated creative writing program through Wesleyan University, and the instructors are like. Amy Bloom and Amity Gage and Brandon Skyhorse. I mean, it's just a Brando Skyhorse. It's just an incredible, incredible certificated course. And I highly recommend it if anybody's looking for some continuing education. But my story that I'm concentrating on is, like I said before, an upmarket women's thriller. And it's about a, a woman whose daughter has has died. And she decides to figure out exactly what happened because the facts of the matter seem sketchy to her. They don't fit. And then, yeah, and then I was going to say something else about that, but I don't think so. And (laughs) going to give away the ending or something? You're going to give me the ending. Everything is happy. Everything is happy. Her daughter dies, but everything is happy. No, a whole bunch of problems happen in the middle, and then it ends. (laughs) And then it ends. Is this your blurb? Is this your blurb? um, Blurb, It's it's an interesting one, and it and it is. You're not getting um, much by that, Susan. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not giving it its own. I haven't written the blurb yet. Yes. say too much because you know it give a, I'd be giving away spoilers and yeah. so but it's a real jaunt I mean it's like boom it takes off and this story is freaky it's like one of the more creative flippy kinds of stories I've ever written and I'm I'm just enjoying mm. the heck out of it cool well, does it have a name yet or is it or is it not got a name yes Yes, it does. It started out with the name of a sadder season, but I changed it, and I don't want to say what the name is quite yet. But yes, it's. <laughs> she doesn't want someone to steal so it. Get this, right. this is a book we don't know what it's about, but it ends happy, and it doesn't have a name. So we'll have to have you back when this comes out. Yeah. And what it's called and all that good stuff. It sounds exciting yeah. though, and I love your energy about it. That makes me want to read it just because you're so excited. Some super creative, happy, very so. twisty yeah. and turny. Oh, it's so. a fun one. Yeah, definitely a fun one. Excited for seeing. But, yeah, thank you again for having me. I know you guys need to wrap up, and that I've been like a windy, windy author. <laughs> no, you've been no. great. You've actually really interesting, particularly about the awards and yeah. and the analytics. Well, I didn't know about either of those, so that's really, yeah. that was really good information today. Yeah, well, I'm as you know, everybody knows in the business a wealth of information. <laughs> <laughs> And if what I don't know, I'll make up, okay? Perfect. Well, you're a writer. That's your job, right? Makes sense. That's exactly right, Kate. Thank you guys for having me. I really thank appreciate you, it. It's always an absolute joy yeah. to have you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Suzanne. You take care. Thanks, KJ. Take care, too. It's been great thank having you. you. Bye. You can find our show notes and more information about our podcast at blondieandbrit.com that's b-l-o-n-d-i-e-a-n-d-b-r-i-t.com 